Hello and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and welcome back for another brand new episode. Very excited about today's guest. It's someone I've known for years. It's someone whose work I've admired for years, even though I know her, which is like true, honestly. She's one of the best broadcasters in the country. Tracy Clifford is our guest this week. We are doing a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills deep dive. Tracy has only binged and fallen in love with one city properly, but we still managed to cover a lot of ground. And I have gotten messages from some of you before saying you like the kind of city-centric deep dives every now and then. So it's always fun to just go headfirst into Beverly Hills. Speaking of Beverly Hills, I need to address something that was brought to my attention about last week's episode. (laughs) Oh my God. So last week I took it upon myself to say that Kyla Richards was the middle sister in the Richards family, which as we know is inaccurate. She is the youngest, but I think because Kyle Richards has been the go-between between Kathy Hilton and Kim Richards for so long, in my head... Kyle has always been the middle child. I think that's where I was going, but no, I was completely wrong in my in my assessment. So apologies. Um, I have a bad feeling. I think I said that in another interview that's coming up soon on the podcast because I have recorded a few and have them ready to go. And I'm, I need to listen back and maybe check that out. <laughs> but thank you for everybody who messaged me. Consider that your apology. My deepest regrets that I did not get that bit of quite crucial housewives history correct. But anyway, I think that's enough groveling out of me. I really am very excited for you to hear this fascinating deep dive we did into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So without any further ado, here is Tracy Clifford on Housewives and Me. My guest today is a broadcaster and DJ. He was on air 12 to 3 on 2FM weekdays and is a co-host of the podcast The Love Life, which we back with new episodes later this year. And somehow between all that has managed to get very addicted to the real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Tracy Clifford, welcome to Housewives and Me. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Connor. Thank you for having me. I love, I love the podcast. So I'm just delighted now that you asked me to be part of it. Not at all. And thank you for coming on. Like people probably don't, well, probably some people probably do know this. You and I have known each other for years because of radio, particularly because I'm on your show doing entertainment news sometimes, or talking about pop culture, or what have you. And I have for years been like, could I get Tracy on Housewives? Hmm, not sure. But in the last year or so, you have become one of many people who's who's joined the Housewives buzz. So how did you get into the shows and what ones are you watching or what one, should I say, are you watching at the moment? Now, years ago, I dipped my toe into New York about 2011, 2012, when I worked in Breakfast Radio. And there was a channel, I'm not even sure what channel it was, that was showing uh, the Real Housewives of New York years ago. And I dipped my toe into that one round about, round, around the time that Luan had her single out and there was Jill Zarin and Bethany Frankel, <laughs> like all around that time. And um, I don't know, like maybe I, I, I just did other things in the afternoon then instead of just like going home and watching Housewives. But then I left it there. That was it. It was It was done. And I never really got back into it again. And then obviously the pandemic happened and Netflix was showing Beverly Hills. And my aunt lives in America and she's a massive fan of all of the housewives. Beverly Hills is her favorite. And I remember just Mm -hmm. kind of saying to her, I was going to get stuck into one of them. And she was like, go, you, she just said to me, you'd love Beverly Hills. So I I gave it a shot only in January this year. And I have, this is, I am so proud of this. I have watched nearly 10 years worth of Beverly Hills Housewives <laughs> since January. <laughs> ah! 
That's not even a season a month. That's more than a season a month because it's July as we're talking. So like you've managed two seasons a month almost really. I'm quite proud of this, although I've I've maintained a relationship and held down a job and looked after a puppy in this whole time, but still watched 10 years of reality television. And what is your like viewing pattern then? Are you someone who sneaks like an episode on your phone, like over breakfast? Are you sitting down to binge a few in an evening? It sounds like you've got a bit of a schedule with this at the moment. Everywhere and anywhere. And when I say anywhere, <laughs> wait, and you, wait and you hear where the last place, the last crazy place I watched Housewives. So it would be just on my laptop. I would kind of go, oh, I'm going up to just clean the bedroom. And you'd find me, <laughs> you'd find me uh, sprawled out on the bed, five episodes in. I've watched it on my phone um, when I'm, you know, waiting for friends to arrive, if I'm meeting them somewhere. But I watched three episodes back to back in the queue outside the Aviva for my vaccine most recently, my first vaccine. <laughs> I was queued for two hours, put my headphones on and I had my phone in my hand got on the LA Viva Wi-Fi and there I was watching three episodes back to back engrossed it as well I, I'm sure if anybody looked at my face they were like what is she doing <laughs> so I have this sort of expressive face where anybody who is having a fight or a deep conversation I will mimic and mirror their facial expressions so I'm oh. sure anybody in that queue in the Aviva if you're listening to this podcast and you recognize me that was me I was watching Housewives that's amazing you actually give me inspo because I keep forgetting when I'm hoping to get my vaccine soon as well and I'm like I could just hop on there first of all I'll be using their wi-fi gorgeous idea and yeah I'll just binge catch up on some Housewives in the queue I'm like perfect problem solved that's what I did you know and there was there was moments where the queue had moved on and I was like oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> Or you sat down and they were like, and how are you today? You wouldn't believe what Lisa Rinna said to me in the queue for the vaccine just there. Sorry, not me. <laughs> exactly. You know, so that's that's how much that's how I've gotten 10 years worth of 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 Beverly Hills done by July 2021. Yeah. <laughs> and actually a bit more, because I know you said to me just before we record, hit record, you're only a few weeks behind where we're up to the moment. So you're already on season 11. So actually... You're, you've passed 10 years. You're on to your 11th year. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, is that an accolade? I'll take it. Yes. <laughs> I, you know what? I know a lot of radio presenters dream of a PPI or radio award. I think you, that's I the it. one you really should have. I know. You mentioned something to me recently. I was doing stuff on air. Well, I was on air with you and we were chatting between songs and stuff. And you said to me that you felt the shows had actually had a bit of a knock on on you. Well, this show in particular had a knock on on your behavior. Can you expand on that theory a bit? Because I find it really interesting. I've been watching Housewives since January. And mm. um, I started off at season one where there's Adrienne, Lisa, uh, Lisa Vanderpump, all the originals. Uh, and you're going to have to probably like um, prompt me on names because I'm really, really bad with their names sometimes. Just, just because there's so many of them. And, you know, I got stuck in there and I was watching it. And it's a lot of conflict. It's, it's just a lot of conflict with women. And for some reason, I found it really interesting because I love programs where you see human interaction. And when you see people, you know, manage conflict and how to manage conflict in a good way, how to manage conflict in a bad way, or just, you know, fisticuffs over ridiculous situations. Mm -hmm. And um, last season, season 10 with Denise Richards, I was watching the women and who, who I've watched like 10 years worth in, in you know, as I said, since, since January. And it was the first time that I noticed that for once I wasn't on their side. Like I wasn't on anyone's side in the conflict. I just felt that it was a little bit mean girlish 
that it was bullyish with Denise Richards and there was a, a story that was obviously not going to be filmed on Housewives uh, that we were never going to know about it because there would have been some sort of legal uh, red tape by Denise's people. I just kind of felt that we were not privy to what was going on uh, and that they were becoming quite mean. And I said to you, because obviously you're the only person I really can like delve into this with when, when you come into 2FM, uh, I was yeah. like, for the first time ever, like these girls are, I'm not a fan of them. And even mm. Eric Jane disappointed me, Kyle disappointed me, and I didn't like them. But it's so funny because around that time, I had an, a tiny issue with a mate of mine. Like, I mean, a tiny issue. I mean, we said we were going to meet somewhere at some time and they were really late, the two friends of mine. They were really, really late. And I wanted to call them and bring them for a walk and have it out with them. Like, I'm sorry, we're <laughs> Irish. This doesn't happen. We just bite our lip, go, fuck, we just have to be fucking late. Whatever, we forget about it. But I want to go, I felt like Teddy and Dorit that time that, Dorit was late for Teddy uh, yeah, Bellingham yeah, yeah. and she made an absolute mountain of a molehill. But I was like, what? Where did I get this idea that I could actually call my mates out on something tiny when mm-hmm. usually I wouldn't give a fiddlers? But I was like, okay, we're in a pandemic. I've got nothing else going on. And these women are kind of influencing my behavior. So much so they're influencing my behavior that like I'm looking at caftans. Uh, uh, online and thinking they're nice gonna go no that's from Kyle circa 2013 it's not fashionable <laughs> so it was influencing my behavior if you watch something so much it's like osmosis your behavior you, you kind of feel that's proper behavior because you're watching so much of it and you have to really take a rain check I think anyway and it's interesting because you're kind of like oh like it's not a big deal my friend was like and I really wouldn't care but that is also very housewives particularly I think as you watch hopefully watch other cities like in Beverly Hills they get really hung up on petty stuff on other cities they tend to have a petty fallout get over it and then an episode later something else happens but on Beverly Hills they will be stuck on you were late for drinks two months ago and I'm still pissed off so it's funny I think in a way you really have picked up on something they do in the shows which is scrap over like really insignificant stuff and maybe this is what rich people scrap over maybe they've no ever their life is so perfect they've got the best of everything and little petty like things like this is all they can come up with to fight about but yeah like come on there's bigger fish to fry there's bigger problems in in the world but i also get it's a television program they're looking for a storyline and i get that but i get sucked in i just because it's produced so well yeah and that's also I think I think sometimes the cast members become like like almost like the producers in the show kind of gets them in a certain state of mind where they actually do want to fight over that whereas in real life they probably would be like oh whatever you were 10 minutes late like whereas the show is like how do you feel about the fact that we're late will you tell us how you feel about that oh and actually can you tell so and so how you feel about that and so it just creates issues out of nothing well you know like we're working the radio together so so long and I work in a music show I don't work in a talk show but producer friends of mine who work on big big talk shows that are caller led and caller driven like if someone Mm. calls in with a particular problem and they don't bring it up on air they'll remember that caller and say if that problem is coming up again say if it's um I, I don't know like um an issue of litter and waste or someone you know illegal dumping yeah. in your area the producer will remember that irate caller and ring them up and go there's a massive issue in the door today about illegal dumping now if I were you I'd be I'd be going crazy would you not be going crazy people could be mm. like illegal dumping right now and they're goading the caller 
to make great radio. And this happens on, on those sort of talk shows. So the producers are definitely, I they are bringing up um, the emotional um, ways in which we get a little bit head up about things. And they're pushing it. They're just pushing it to make, to just to rub people up. Because you know yourself, because like, I, I wouldn't be happy to have our review. Jeez, I'd be going mad. Would you not be going mad? I'd be going yeah, mad. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. obviously you have a scene. So, and then I get sucked in. <laughs> I actually, now you put it that way, I think, I feel like Irish people should be flown over in their droves to work on these American reality shows because we have such a way of like bringing that stuff up, not direct. We'd be like, Lisa Rinna, you're not raging now with Kyle. Go off <laughs> there. Like we'd be, I actually think there could be a generation of Irish talent who could take over American reality TV and just produce the shit out without even trying. Who does she think she is? I wouldn't be yeah. having that. I wouldn't have that if I were you. The cheek or the neck or yeah. Rile it up, wind it up, and then watch it go and then get the cameras ready. Absolutely. Irish producers would get the best out of those characters. I'm actually going to do some digging in. But yeah, maybe there's some Irish Housewives producers out there. You mentioned as well, like you were watching last season, season 10, where obviously there's a sort of Denise versus everybody divide in the group for the most part. Some of them didn't go after Denise per se. Mm. But that's really interesting to me that you brought up how you felt you weren't on the same page as a lot of the cast members. How has your relationship as a viewer changed to certain people having watched so much of them in such a short space of time? I think in that season, Kyle started off just on one. Um, she came off the back of season nine after that big fallout with Easter Vanderpump and everybody mm-hmm. seemed to be on her side. It seemed that she was doing the right thing. They were all kind of sick of the manipulation of Lisa Vanderpump. And that's the side that of the story that I've I've watched because that was the storyline. Like, I, I don't know mm-hmm. what's happened in real life. And then she started off that season just being really mean to Denise Richards, like slagging her off and calling her a ragamuffin. I just was like, where's where's that come from? Because mm-hmm. I always feel that Kyle is like a little bit of a mother figure to these new people that come on. So I was really surprised at that. And then Lisa Rinna obviously started uh, to, to go to her in a way um, when she didn't admit whatever was to happen with her and, and Brandy. Um, and didn't let it go. The only person I think that were fair were uh, Garcelle and uh, Dorit when Brandy had all of that information, which I still don't know whether it's true or not, but actually I don't really care. It was more about friendships and what do you do when something like that has been said. And what is the big deal about it anyway? Like, I don't understand what the big deal was. But um, so in the from the, the season onwards from that after Denise Richards, I'm looking at Lisa Rinna differently again. I don't know whether she loves the camera time whether she loved having a storyline that was involved in that as well, because I remember the time that she was very, very involved with things that she said about Kyle's sister. Um, give me your name. I always forget her name. Kim. Kim. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, so I've changed a little bit uh, towards Lisa in it. Now, she may she may redeem herself. I, I, I wouldn't trust her. I just think that she she loves being the storyline, I feel. I think in a way you're having the experience that Garcelle has had so far in season 11, where she's very like, I'm, I'm wary of you. And also... Yeah. I feel like last season was a really strong example of, and it was sort of subtext because they they don't ever really say too much about being on a show because they don't want to break the fourth wall. But I always felt like a lot of Denise's issue with Lisa Rinna was her saying, why are you like this when we make a show together? You're not like this when we're friends. And I felt that, you remember that scene that's to me almost camp where they're in the hotel in Rome and it's clearly filmed on like a producer's phone. And Denise is just like, what's wrong with you? And Rinna's like, I don't know. And they're like, let's go to church and pray. And Rinna's like, I'd love that. And it's like, Lisa Rinna is awful. That was like, I was looking at her kind of going, 
And that's why you're a B movie actress. Like, I'm sorry. Because I, I just, it didn't sit well with me. I was like, she's acting. She's actually, no, she's yeah. not camera. She's a brilliant actress. She's, you know, that she is well able to play the game. Like she is, as yeah. she always says, she's a hustler or whatever, but she's playing the game. She was telling Denise Richards what she wanted to hear in that moment in time. But I also felt... Now, I'm really thinking into this really deep, too deeply possibly. But, <laughs> no, you know, it's, never it's a, pandem- too deep in it's a pandemic. I felt like there may have been beef between Lisa Rinna and Denise Richards. And she brought her on for some reason just to expose it in some way. Or I don't know. I just was like, why would you do that to a friend? You would protect a friend there. I, I don't know what the situation was or else if you wanted your friend to come on a reality TV show where you sign up to expose your life. You would tell your friend, actually, don't. If this is true, all your stuff with with Charlie Sheen or Brandy mm-hmm. or whoever, if you've got a pass like that as your mate, this will be exposed. So don't sign up. So I don't think she was a friend on that part. And then when Denise did sign up, I don't think she protected her either. So I don't know. It's just there must have been some sort of vested interest there because, yeah, she she fed her to the sharks. I think the it's interesting you bring that up. I think what it was, particularly going into that second season, when Denise didn't seem to be playing ball in terms of sharing her side of the story or wanting to engage in what they had said, I think Lisa Rinna saw red because in her head she knew Denise was probably getting more money to be on the show. And in Lisa Rinna's head, she'll do anything to anyone to maintain a spot on the show and quote unquote earn her paycheck, yeah. which is what she used to say about Lisa Vanderpump when Vanderpump was sort of not playing ball there was like she, I'm paraphrasing but she said something along the lines of I didn't see the point of me like coming in and putting everything on the show if someone higher up than me wasn't putting the same effort in so I think with Denise it was actually like there's a quote from Brian Moylan who's a housewives recapper who was on this show and he said to me at the time something that always sticks in me that a lot of housewives fights particularly for long-term cast members are actually HR disputes where it's kind of like well we're doing the same hours but she's getting paid more but she's not working as hard that's effectively what I think bothered Lisa Rinna more than anything else, which is dark, but also makes sense because in her head, it's like, I will sell out my long-term friend for four episodes of juicy drama if that's what it takes. Whereas Denise is going, remember when she said, I'm a very married woman. That was Denise's code of saying, I'm not going to go much further than this This because I don't have to. Yeah. And you know, it's funny that you say that now there with the paycheck issue because that that Mm -hmm. could totally ring true 100%. And the reason why I think so is because Lisa Rinna is an open book like she's brought her mom on the show. She talked about yeah. her daughter's eating disorders, which I thought was mm-hmm. like, I was very surprised that that was actually even shown on the show. Like I was thinking to myself, are those girls okay with that? I feel like Harry Hamlin is just like, I'm not going on. You can have a little bit of me, but this is this is where you know we draw the line. You have a bit of me, but we're not going to show too much of a relationship, which I respect. But everything else yeah. seems to be an open book with Lisa in it. And maybe that's what she was annoyed then because Denise Richards has got lots going on, but she wasn't going there. She probably didn't need to for the money. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I always think that's because there's some seasons where Rinna is annoying and like stirring the pot, but I appreciate it because it's kind of done with a bit of a wink and a kind of campiness to it. But when she pushes it too far, it's like, this just feels mean. It just feels like you're being a dickhead. It doesn't feel like you're just there to like come Genuine. in and go, ho, 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 you don't like so-and-so. <laughs> mm. it, it crosses the line. And I actually even think this season now, she's trying to walk it back and soften up. And I just feel like everyone's like, oh, I'm not I, sure about this. I also feel like she reveled in the um, in the, the taking down of Lisa Vanderpump. Like she was just, yeah. she watched it from afar and was like, <laughs> Uh, you know um yeah like you could see her at dinners and at tables just with her face and her you know her jaw dropping and just being like "Ooh, 
yeah. yeah, she she liked watching that, I think. Yeah, it's oh, and this is as you say, this is like you were saying earlier about watching shows that people interact. Like I have said to people before, particularly those who don't watch these programs, and think, oh, it's just a load of rich people fighting and all. And I'm like, yeah, there are fights and conflict, but really, what it is is high end people watching. It's like sitting in a restaurant and watching a group of friends have a conversation and pick up on who's the alpha or who's not into who or who's who's clearly got someone's back. Like to me. You could just be there all day watching them kind of. Yeah. And obviously it's super edited, but like watching the interactions is fascinating. Like reality, exactly. It really is. is because human nature is fascinating. Reality mm. tele- television is so popular and we love it so much it's because it's real people. Now, of course, you know, situations are scripted. Like you're going to meet such and such here. You're going to talk about this. That's fine. Yes. But like the real emotion is there. But it is an anthropological study of our behavior. And, you know, I love reading up on human behavior seeing how people would handle a situation like when I watch anything from a football match to a reality tv show I feel every emotion like I am on that roller coaster but whatever I'm watching so you know I'm like what would I say in that situation how would I handle that conflict or you know that's how I am so that's why I feel like you know and with this one with Beverly Hills it's just an anthropological study of rich people (laughs) just like okay what are they going to be talking about what are they that's basically it you know like I love looking at Erica Jane and and we, we have a lot to talk about with Erica Jane but <laughs> I look at her and go what's that crack with her and Tom like yeah they're married 20 years but I don't see her personality in the decor of their home and yeah I feel their body language together is very uncle like or something it was <laughs> yeah you know, you, you know how you greet your uncle at a christmas party <laughs> yeah. hiya how are you and you and you you don't want your body touching your uncle so you go oh, yeah hiya. I, I just ah uh, yeah it's been a good good year yeah looking forward to christmas yeah yeah and, then, and how's pat yeah yeah good it's like that it's like a business meeting and he's there trying yeah. to crack a joke like that and it's a real dad joke you're like no mm. you guys are a couple for over 20 years so what's that what's going on there and then you know i'm and I'm, I'm so i think the reason why i got into beverly hills as well because it's all of the threads of of celebrity and you get yes. the, like you know the hadiths with yolanda and then um David Foster, yeah. Kyle being Paris Hilton's auntie. Who else is there? Then like Lisa Rinna. Obviously, I've always kind of known her from bits on the television, but never knew her name, but knew the iconic hairstyle. Yeah. So I think that's why I was so in. Oh, and then the Hiltons, you know, like um, Kathy Hilton, who I was always interested in, especially after Paris Hilton's documentary, because... I thought she was a real, a real stoic sort of woman. Now she's just batshit crazy and great crash. She's you know? so eccentric. <laughs> she's truly like, yeah. it's funny you mentioned like kind of um, earlier about like how the other half live effectively is such a big theme on Beverly Hills. But there's something about how Kathy Hilton lives that to me is like re- how really rich people live because in a way her bopping around a girl's trip in like a pair of like ratty leggings and a t-shirt and bringing like an arms with this the fact that she's so oblivious to things I'm like that's when you're really fucking rich that yeah. you don't care you don't, you don't need care. to show off where the rest of them are like it's time for the fashion show as we have breakfast at 11am and she's like hi oh, guys I just woke up like she's like <laughs> Pour me what time is it <laughs> yeah <laughs> She is probably the epitome of what I'd be like if I was that loaded. Like, nothing to do, all day to do it. Don't give a shit about what I'm going to wear. And I'll just have a martini. Thanks a million, you know? Although maybe it's just fooling everybody and saying there's water in it. I I haven't gotten to know her as much yet because of where I am in the the most present season, but I will. But I'm I'm liking what I see so far. But it also makes me wonder, what were her and Kyle and Kim always fighting about then? I always felt like that Kathy was this bitch. 
and that she was yeah. this matriarch with the sisters and a ruling with the roots. But then you see her and she's just the cracks. I'm like, what was going on there? Who was the problem? Don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, it comes about, you're, as we're talking, you're probably about three or four episodes behind where I am. And then by the time this comes out, maybe there'll be a couple more episodes anyway. But there has been like recently more scenes where Kathy and Kyle have talked about Kim and basically Kathy's like, oh, she changed her number. Like, I don't think she's spoken to you well. Like, she and her, she and I are good. I don't know if she's speaking to you. But now so that I'm Kim. watching, yeah, now that I'm watching Kathy and Kyle one-on-one a bit, I'm, I used to, like you, I used to always want Kathy in the show because I thought, oh my God, she's the intimidating, scary. Yeah. Like, she was actually the mom because she looked after them. But now yeah. I get the vibe that it's kind of middle child syndrome where Kyle had this thing of like, I'm the middle child and I'm like organized and on top of things so I'll look after my younger sister and I'll try and peacemake with my bigger sister who kind of thinks she's the mom and I actually think Kyle she, she reminds me of people in like my extended family who have that energy of I'm the peacekeeper between two opposing forces because right. uh, I think Kim is is a little bit she and then the messenger doing... shot then which is Kyle yeah, yeah that makes sense There's just yeah it's hard to know and I'm sure it'll be an arc for the rest of the season because Kim you know obviously you watched last season and Kim had a couple of scenes with Kyle and they were in great spirits no. and Kim yeah. was getting her fucking boobs done and yeah. she was having a great time so I don't know is that's one of the really interesting you mentioned threads earlier like be, that's a thread that I always enjoy in the show because it does just seem to always have a different strand and it's why you can't as cynical as it sounds you can't beat having family storylines on these kind of shows because no matter what happens every interaction is just loaded with real history even something simple like let's meet for coffee you're like oh look at the way she sat down classic middle <laughs> child you just know like the vibe is very oh this is a family and shit goes down when we're yeah. not watching them yeah and like you know obviously we don't know who these characters are but we are uh, we, we are filling our minds with our assumptions like I'm there going oh Kim is just jealous because Maurizio is doing very well now and then obviously Kathy's jealous of Maurizio doing well because she was her husband's obviously in the real estate trade as well so I'm like well yeah and then Kim has got no gaff so I'm, there's me just making all these lies <laughs> Kim has got head. no gaff and you know <laughs> like and then I'm no, no one and, you know if you bring it down to the normal situation that would be a yeah. problem in a normal, a normal Irish family it would be you know you kind of you've touched on this a bit already actually and I was going to ask you about this like kind of the psychology effectively of like how people interact in these shows and all that and obviously your podcast The Love Life it looks at relationships I guess more romantic relationships in a way but how relationships work and I know you co-host it with is it is she a psychiatrist what's her her title she's a psychotherapist and also she's a relationship and behavioural counsellor yeah and also uh, Annie Lavin yeah I just ask her the questions but she is the profesh so you two have discussed all that stuff on your podcast I know kind of more focus on romantic relationships but having done that show like in the last year as you're watching this show Housewives have you kind of found yourself taking stuff that you've talked about on that show or what you've learned about relationships and gone, God, it's very interesting because it's coming up here. Like, has there been any crossover? Possibly when we talk about um, The Wrong Way to Ray, which is an episode. Because I would be the sort of person that would have to get everything out on the table and go for it head on, you know, Mm. and everybody's different. So when you're looking at a dynamic of, you know, a group of women, everybody has a different fighting style. And everybody has a different apology style and everybody has a different feeling with conflict. Some people hate confrontation. Some people revel in it. So when I was talking to Annie about the wrong way to row, uh, I, I looked at it in, with my own self. But then when you watch an episode of, of Housewives, you know how people apologize. Like some people hold a grudge. 
Some people are yeah. like, you know, I, I forgive her, but I can't forget. And it takes a while to regain trust. Like ourselves at the moment, at least Serena, where I am watching it. Or else yeah. sometimes I'm really surprised that Kyle is always the one that goes, yeah, grand, okay, we're fine. She just wants the apology. She will have an issue with somebody all the time. The minute they apologize to her, she's forgiving. Kind of like, you know, Lisa Vanderpump and her would have fights all the time. She just wants harmony all the time. She would forgive her the biggest yeah. sins, but just wants to be friends, just wants to be friends, wants to be friends. So it's really interesting in like in the psychology of people, how people have different fighting styles. But one thing I have noticed, though, in Beverly Hills is that they are all very quick to forgive. Maybe it's because they're mm. on the camera and they just kind of go, oh, I'm not want this to, to, to drag out. You know, the, the one person who I felt who was quite who had a bit of the most integrity was Yolanda. You know, she saw what way people acted and then said that's who they are first time. She wasn't quick to forgive, quick to forgive and um, let bygones be got bygones. She just went, your cards are marked now. That's me with me and you finished. Like with Lisa Rinna, she was always very wary of Lisa Vanderpump. I don't know whether she was just jealous of the relationship she had with Mohammed, her ex-husband. I don't know. She just yeah. always, I always think that Yolanda, possibly being European, was just like, I'm on to you. You're only being nice to me for the camera. And, I, you know, so she's the only person I remember wasn't very, very quick to be like, hey, happy families again. You know, she was quite, um, yeah, she was true to herself. Oh, I feel. But yeah, like it is interesting. I hadn't thought of that with Yolanda. That's a very good point. And obviously, I, it's funny because the wrong way to row when I was looking back over the episodes, I was like, oh, that actually is so perfect for Housewives. But obviously we do see, like it's funny for all the talk of Housewives being in the title of the show, the romantic relationships are sort of secondary, which is kind of what I like. It's much more about friendship, but we do see them all with their partners, husbands, boyfriends, whatever. I mean... Are any of those, you mentioned Erin Quintana, but are any of those relationships, do they stand out to you having obviously kind of thought about relationships more having done the podcast? The romantic relationships, you know, when I look at them, at them with interest, as I just touched on there with Erin and Tom, I'm, I don't mm-hmm. see a relationship there. I see a partnership and yeah. I see like a business deal. Um, and yeah. I, I don't want to be cast as person in someone's relationship, but just even the decoration of the house, like, sh- you know, she has got impeccable style that is quite fashion forward and funky. Um, there's one picture possibly in their sitting room where everything else is just this. It's like they bought the house and that's the way it came. They just stuck up a, a, a pink fluorescent light and that's the Erica Jane touch on it. <laughs> she doesn't even know how to make anything when people come over to the house. And that's not, you know, me giving out about someone's culinary skills. It's more like you can't even make a cup of coffee in your own home. This is weird. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that relationship, that would be my my takings on that one. I love Kyle and Mauricio's relationship, I have to say. And I love Mauricio mm-hmm. in the later series where he's after discovering weed and doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know what a vibe. Oh, I'm trying I to know. be. <laughs> slow-mo, literally slow-mo. Like he's just having a great time. PK and Dorit, I just think she's mad about him. I love seeing that. She has just got the blinkers on and mad yeah. about PK. I was very surprised that Garcelle brought kind of like a new date and that she was dating a guy in the last season there and didn't work out. I just, I just would be quite. I don't know if that's a good thing to do in a, in a, in a, in a reality TV show. I think you should probably keep your dating life private until it's solid. You know. Yeah, and I always found the Garcelle like because when they when they introduced her last season and talked about how she ended up leaving her longtime husband and I actually had memories of that story being in the press because it was so bonkers I was like oh yeah she did write an open letter and like drag him publicly I thought that was very interesting because it's a very public way to like handle someone's I didn't know that. infidelity yeah know it was that. crazy and and they seem okay they seem yeah like good co-parents and now do you know who I do love though and I think they should get their own show Dorit's kids 
they are gas. They have got yeah, little, little characters. Wo- they are little characters, possibly from a little bit of PK. I don't know, but they are they, yeah. the way they just drag their mom about what she wears. I think the camera should keep an eye on those because they don't give a shit. I love it. I think they're great. And so you mentioned fashion there, you know, the caftans even. But like, <laughs> whose who's style on the show? Adrian Maloof's, like? I love. Adrian Maloof's oh. style with the glitter and the stenos. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I was like, Jesus, I was serious. <laughs> <laughs> when I was watching that, like back in January, the, do you remember how bad January 2021 was? So cold and cold dark and just seeing this woman yeah. there with these glitter bits in your stenos. And I was like, were they ever a thing? Like, obviously that was like 2010. <laughs> You're like, was that a thing? And this woman's got so much money uh, and, and her flare jeans and her and her cork shoes. Like that was a look that I rocked out about 2006, I would say. Um, yeah. Style wise, look, when Erica Jane came along, she blew it out of the water. Like obviously she had a glam squad and she's, you know, it's been reported now it's $40,000 a month. And, you know, they're getting very, very well paid for the looks that they've created. But she just brought it like Housewives became a fashion statement when Erica Girardi, Erica Jane came on board on the crew. Like I always remember Lisa Rinna and all of them on some boat looking at the videos of um, whatever song it was, the one where she's patting her front bum and stuff, you know, and (laughs) uh, they were like so outraged and like shocked at how how provocative she was dancing. And there was all like, (gasps) they were quite judgmental. But now it's so funny. You see, since Erica Jane has joined the cast, then Dorit, then you see the confessionals now with, um, with Lisa Rinna. They've all gone absolute crazy with the fashion. (laughs) Like it's gone very camp and it's gone. We are dressing up, which I kind of enjoy. But yeah, um, I I do. I do like the the um, the entrances that Erica Jane and Dorit make just for pure television. I really do like it for pure television. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes I am just like, wow, that takes balls. And then I'm sometimes like rain it in, Rena, rain it in the confessionals. The woman looks like a quality street. I'm just with the pink ruffles. I can't deal. You know, I know what she's trying to do. I know she's trying to get out there with the style, but I liked her style beforehand. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny when you watch old Housewives episodes, particularly of other cities who like before like say between 2006 2011 and it's like some of them are like just jeans and a nice top and now it's like couture again they're wearing wearing more makeup than a truck full of kardashians like it's insane the level of work that goes into it now and you said to me when denise richards came on board and i was like connor denise richards let's have a conversation like but she was just jeans and a nice top and her hair up didn't give a shit still look like this (laughs) a-lister yeah. And then when you'd see all the girls making their um debuts on a night out in a restaurant in the Bahamas, I think it was, and they're all being judge- judgmental. I'm like, this is a Bond girl, ladies. Like, I and then then I kind of found myself later on being like, ah, Denise, will you make an effort as well? <laughs> but I don't know whether it's because they were going so extra or whether she was just so cool. I still can't make, I haven't made my mind up about that. I don't know. One of my favorite things about Denise Rich is that she'd rock up to a bar with a bottle of tequila just because it was the brand she liked. That's my favorite thing about her. No fucks given, you know. You're all drinking wine and Prosecco. I'm having the tequila. Gas. She was always saying... Casamigos Rapposado. I was like, I Absolutely. don't even know what that is, but yeah. I can quote, it rolls off my tongue now. I'm like, fucking hell, that's great marketing. I even went on websites here to see if you can get it here. You can't. It's O'Brien's 80, 80 euro though, real expensive. <laughs> 80 euro? Is it 80 euro? Yeah. Jesus. It's the, isn't that the, uh, the what's his name? George Clooney brand with um, with Cindy Crawford's fella? 
Ron's it is, Gerber yeah. Or and I yeah. think she's friends. I think she's friends with the Gerbers, and I think maybe Rena knows them as well. Like yeah. it's that weird thing you mentioned earlier of like all the celebs in. There's a certain cohort of celebrities in kind of I guess Beverly Hills, LA, California, wherever, and they're all interconnected. It's it's really weirdly incestuous how they like, all know each other. The Jenners, like Chris Jenner, Faye Resnick, and all these kind of stars that have either been in the spotlight or something has happened that's put them into the to, into the spotlight. Yeah. I have to say about Faye Resnick, I love her speaking voice. Yes, oh, it's very radio. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. She's just so calm. Yeah, she'd, she'd, she'd be great in doing a Bunnell podcast. Remember that like infamous line she said to Brandy and it was a bit cringe because she was trying for a moment but she went, no matter how many Chanel handbags you have, you will never be a lady and it was like she clearly had waited all night to say that to her and even brandy's like yeah all right Faye. there's a reason you're a friend of like <laughs> like keep it going there do you miss brandy in beverly hills i do and i don't like she had some amazing moments when she left the first time i felt like it was that thing where oh, okay this person's become too mean and harsh because of the environment the show creates they need a break and when she came back last season i was happy to see her but it felt like they had trotted her out for the storyline, but they hadn't given her much actual airtime. And I was like, oh, this doesn't feel fair in either part. So I don't know. I don't miss her. I've had guests on this podcast go, bring her back full time. And I'm like, oh, I just, I don't miss her that much. Personally. Like she is a train wreck, but she's havoc. I felt so uncomfortable with last season when everyone's being mean. I just don't, like I, here's me said, I don't like watching conflict and here I am bed into housewives, but I don't like meanness and I don't know what she was trying to do with that information but well, I don't know what that was for was it just trying to get back on the housewives for this season I don't know it didn't I don't think it served her as well as she had hoped I'm not sure about that she's become one of those people who pops up on random reality shows and she's great value like you know yeah. if you booked her to be on a show she'd give, give as good as she got but it's also like there's just not I don't know there's not much growth there and I do think with Housewives, we want to see a bit of a story arc and a bit of a life mm. journey. And sometimes with her, I'm just like, so you're still calling people the C word and like, I'm like, I'm just getting drunk on one glass of wine. It's, like, she is like, one glass of wine. <laughs> I know. I know. Sometimes as an Irish person watching how they talk about booze and how they love to talk about how drunk they are, I'm like, mm, are you I sure? Know. I know. <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> I just don't have tolerance for people who are drunker than I am when I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wait a when minute wait a time we were minute. all together i wouldn't give a shit but like when i'm watching drunk brandy i'm like oh geez i just go oh, go home you know but like, she had <laughs> she had value to the show definitely like i don't i don't miss that mess no i don't like the just the car crash of it all you know she just she just couldn't help herself but i really loved how sweet she was and she's a loyal friend she's a loyal friend to to um to Yolanda and everything but yeah mm, I'm just not sure if I'd want her back and um, I'm curious like are you like whenever I'm doing stuff on 2FM particularly if it's showbiz news and I'll maybe mention somebody in a bulletin or you'll play a song after and then you'll mention oh I interviewed that person or like you've interviewed so many great massive names in music and pop culture you know like the list we'd be here all day naming Katy Perry Cheryl Cole mm. Stormzy the lot is there anyone in the Beverly Hills Housewives world you'd love to sit down and do a, like an in-depth interview with and, and put those skills to use? See, the thing about it is like I watch these women and I kind of feel super invested in their lives. Like I know too much. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what's you know, left? <laughs> exactly. What is left except the, the behind the scenes. But I also feel like I watch it so much. This is going to sound so sad now, but I watch it so much that I actually feel like I know them so well that I'd want them to be 
my friend now. So I wouldn't be able to get into my professional mode. Like I'd be like hanging out with Jericho. And so when are me and Ke- me and PK and um, and Robbie Keane going out in Dublin? Like that's what I'd be like, <laughs> you know, with, with Claudine. Like we're, we're friends now. We're friends now. I, w- I would I would interview any of them. Uh, and and that's, I, yeah, that's probably not the answer you're looking for. But the season that we're in now, Erica Jane, that's the one, I think, because she's the hardest nut to crack. I think Lisa Rinna would just yeah. give you anything. Kyle would just be so nice and sweet and super diplomatic. The same with Lisa Vanderpump, you would get nothing from her. Dorit probably have a good chat about fashion. Camille Grammer actually would be dangerous. She'll just say anything, I'd say. Yeah. Our yeah. Brandy. Um, but no, Erica Jane, oh, she, I'm just like, well, who are you? What is this? Like, what's been going on? Tell us, make friends, and then we'll just, I don't know, have a look in your wardrobe, have the crack. (laughs) You're like suddenly in like a full head to toe, like full makeup, a giant braid in your hair and in a bodysuit gone. Oh, how did this happen? (laughs) Because I love the way that she is a girl's girl. You know, the way when um, anybody becomes sexy, like remember her and Kyle went to Mykonos and yeah. they start doing this impromptu photo shoot and she had her glam squad with her and Kyle obviously didn't have the glam squad then and Kyle was like oh I'd love to you know do this and they did this whole fashion shoot or, or photo shoot on like I think it was twilight with the, the with the, you know um overlooking this beautiful greek greek view and vista and then like she loves women bringing out their inner erica jane like she loves yeah. and like she loved Elise Richards, like working and coming out of the pool like a, a bond girl. I feel like she's a real girl's girl. Like I feel like she's in there, but there's something guarded. Like she loves everyone bringing out. Like she's so complimentary to Dorit. There's no like jealousy when Dorit serves a look that is trying to be like Erica Jane or even better than. She never shows any sort of envy when people are being super extra. And I really love that about her, but I just don't know who she is. Yeah, and I'm so curious, like, even with our slight, like, difference in what we've watched, like, we're getting much, since once they announced the divorce, she's on camera way more in general, and she's far more animated and invested, but we still haven't seen her talk about the heavier side of the allegations yeah. about her money and Tom's and da-da-da-da, and I feel like until we get to the reunion for this season, we're not going to get the full picture, but yeah, it's, that's the thing about her is, like, People joke about how I'm like an Erica Jane diehard and I supported her. Like, I don't support her right now because it's very much a question mark. But previous seasons when she kind of, quote unquote, gave nothing, I couldn't look away because what you're saying there is so true. She is the hardest nut to crack. The fact that we don't really know who she is after six years to me is like so annoying, but also endlessly fascinating. I'm like, tell me who you are. (laughs) Yeah, I love her accent. I love when the Southern drawl comes out. I love the look she serves. I love how she is a big supporter of women being super extra and the inner Erica Jane. Like everyone is connected to her about that. Dorit and her had a horrible time. They're bestos now. Rinna and her had a horrible time. She considers Kyle a really, really good friend. You know, she, she, she never, drags anybody she never pounces on anybody um she well it's the odd time she will well yeah of course (laughs) and she does it in such a succinct manner that it's manner that it's over within seconds and it's just it's like a scorpion it's like don't ever go there again but i mean that she's not i don't feel like she's a gossip you Mm. know and maybe maybe that's why she you know she doesn't gossip because she doesn't want anybody to gossip about her I don't know like I don't know whether I support her now I want to I like I don't know like look like, people go out people and don't know what they do for a living and don't know where the money comes yeah. from they just enjoyed spending it like I, I, I yeah. so I hope that 
she comes out of this in in a good light. I really do because I really, really admire and love watching her on television and what she's brought for entertainment purposes. And yeah, it's it's just it's a crazy situation. Where it is a little bit like, oh God, where I do get a little bit suspicious is that in this season, what's the t- what's the season? Season 11, is that, that's what we're on yeah. now. She's talking about Tom when they're at Lake Tahoe and like, oh, Tom is always just letting yeah. me be me. And that's why we work. That's why we're good together. And then four or five days later, she texts the girls <laughs> that she's filing for divorce. So yeah, like it, like it, it may, you know, it looks like she divorced him because of what was coming down the line. You know, maybe that's and that's a that's good enough reason to divorce somebody. But did she know? That remains to be seen. There's still a big question mark of like I like I don't think she was sat there with Tom going, "Let's take money from playing crash no. victims, Tom." No, but I, I don't there think is so a either. question now of is the divorce a way for them to reroute a certain amount of money so that it's protected? Like when he gave her twenty million not long before she divorced him, was that his way of saying? this money will go if I don't give it to you. Mm. Like take the money and run. Like there is a question mark around that. I think her best case scenario would probably be like her saying, I am so shocked that my ex-husband did this. Here is as much of this money as I can give you. And that's not really been how she's handled things legally so far. So God only knows. Do you know what's mad though? You mentioned her being a girl's girl and in an odd way, I don't know if I describe her that way, but all the women have had her back, even this last week when she's been turned 50 and they've all posted about her on yeah. Instagram. Like there seems to like I'm like either yous have been snookered by this woman and fully believe what she tells you or you know something we don't because they're being very publicly supportive at a time when I would think they'd even just pull back the social media stuff and say, I'll text you in private, but you know, let's not because all the comments on all their Instagrams when they mention Erica, it's insane because people are pissed off you know people and i can understand some of the like a lot of the anger is understood particularly if you've seen that documentary about what went on so that's interesting the other women have well most of the women have really rallied behind but do you not think that speaks volumes though that speaks volumes as to maybe where the truth is and obviously we don't know yet but these girls yeah. these women would be the first people to pounce on somebody if something they're, they're quite you know they are judgmental yeah. women they've had fights over anything nothing, nothing. Yeah. exactly and like this is something that is so massive like so yeah. so massive like i don't know how they're you know the people involved are, are sleeping at night when you think of the victims that yeah. were involved but yeah. what you said there about like what the best case scenario is for erica jane to do or erica Girardi to do like i agree but then again what legal representation is she getting because he he's a massive lawyer it's a massive firm yeah is she getting good representation i don't know like has she been told to say nothing because it will incriminate her like maybe that's why she's not saying anything at all and maybe yeah. that looks like you're guilty if you are going to give money away where they're going to fight and say this never happened in that way shape or form look look we're just going to wait and see i wonder will she be into next seasons will she come back next season like will they give her that opportunity next year it's hard yeah it's hard to know i think in a way depending on how how this all plays out this year like this could be one of her only steady jobs that's hers so in a way i'd say she'd want to do as many more seasons as she could yeah but if her legal team turn around in three like i mean they won't decide on next season until after the reunion and all that so if her legal team said to her in three to four to six months time you need to get out of that because that's going to make our lives a headache or they go do the show and rehabilitate your image while you know this yeah. it's hard to say I think, I think in a way, way she could stay on yeah she could stay on for the check and for the possible image massaging it would do but also and I've been saying this lately and I'm amazed that it hasn't come up more like even on the show well it wouldn't come up on the show but like 
you know, she is doing this program and they could edit her any way they want. Like they don't owe her anything. It's not like her YouTube channel or her podcast. It's like you're one of eight women or whatever it is. Like they could edit you to look so fucking bad if they want. That's the side I'd be wary of staying on a show because it's like if they decide you're the villain, good luck. Yeah. Never thought about it that way. Never thought. They've never edited her to be like that at all. They've done a few looks, you know, those cold looks and yeah. maybe pieces to camera where she comes out with a with a great line. But no, I just, look, again, as you say, the girls are all supporting her on Instagram. That says something. Yeah, yeah it's either they, they're either completely tone deaf or they know something we don't. And yeah. I couldn't tell you at this point which is which because it's like both feel like such solid options. Like it no. will be either or. Yeah. God only knows. God, you could talk about that one all day. Like, we it's could. just so fascinating. It is. It's it's such a... Te- it's so shocking. It's so shocking. My God, mm-hmm. it really is. And to lighter uh, areas of questioning, this is something I ask every guest on the show, and I knowing you, I'd say you have a few ready to go, but what would your house lights tagline be and why? <laughs> oh, my God, Cotter. <laughs> like, you asked me this question. I've, I've been sweating about this since you asked me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so if I'm, you know... <laughs> Like, obviously, I speak on radio every day, so I had to kind of go around that. But do they get their own lines written for them or they write them themselves? Do you know? I think it's a bit of both. I think sometimes they sit down with the producer and go, what happens to me this season? Oh, how can we reference it? What's a catchphrase I have that people like? Let's bring that in. Like, I think there's a bit of, uh, like, thought put into it. It's funny now, after watching my 10 years worth of Housewives and their taglines, um, I feel like all their taglines are so brilliant and representative of who they are in that season, you know? Um, mm. Kyle though every year is like in this town around in here Hills. in Beverly in this Hills. town Beverly Hills <laughs> the town of Beverly Hills where I reside I live in Beverly Hills in this town it's like she's the Lord Mayoress of Beverly Hills <laughs> always brought back to this town is my town you know um, so I wanted to bring in a little bit of Kyle and I wanted to bring in a, bring in a bit of um, expensive shit and I wanted to bring in a bit of the, my profession. So you ready? <clears throat> okay. In this town, talk isn't cheap, but they don't have their own radio show. <laughs> That's very Kyle. Oh my God. Is that Kyle? <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think anything, I think radio, even the word radio, how it sounds and what it rhymes with and how it, it would work in sentences is such a gift for a tagline because it's like perfect. It just, oh my God, it's a dream. Oh, that was very good. And you were ready. You were ready for that one. Um, another question I love to get into with every guest is you're throwing a dinner party tomorrow. You can have five people, either housewives, friend of, husband, side characters, whoever, five people from the housewives world over to yours for dinner. Who is coming and why? Oh. I keep change, I keep chopping and changing this though. I keep cho- definitely not Kim. Like she won't okay. be there. Uh, let's do a process of elimination. Definitely not Kim. Okay. Definitely not Lisa Vanderpump. Definitely not oh. Taylor. Definitely not Camille. Like I think when I see their Instagrams, I think Lisa Rinna, Kyle, Dorit, and Erica Jane have the best crack. That's four. Okay. And then I don't know. Maybe I'd add in PK just to grill him. Just to have, just 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 to be like, what's going on here? You know. <laughs> Um, how do you make money yeah I know or like how did you get her <laughs> uh, no I like him I do like him I just like that really British. yeah I do like him I just think he's funny uh, I think he doesn't give a shit and I like that about him um, I think he shouldn't be involved though in the programme I don't think you know but I do like that um, 
he probably gives Dorit and his kids a good sense of humor because I think the kids are gold with what they come out with. Yeah, I think that I still think about that first season and the stuff he did to Eric and I know they're all good and yeah. he's like been redeemed, but I still think about it. I mean, it's actually obviously now we feel differently about Erica but I loved that reunion where she just sat there and eviscerated him and he said that's not very nice Erica and she's like oh I'm not nice and she I was like I have wanted to say that to so many men who've been like that to me over the years and you know those kind of blokes who go they say something rotten and you tell them basically to fuck off and they're like that's not very nice and I'm like you've just been oh you started it you've just been like like grossly homophobic to me for fucking weeks like you know when you can feel yourself going oh you want to play like when she does that when she did that to him I was like this is the single best moment of television I've ever witnessed but the way I feel about those situations right yeah they had a shit start actually he rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way and then yeah. other people did so too and then then when I see them all being friends and hanging out I'm like oh so I can't really be angry at them anymore because they're all friends and this is just yeah. not serving me <laughs> yeah <laughs> I need to get over it <laughs> yeah I need to get over it you know not like um, what's his name Lisa Vanderpump's fella Todd, what's his name? Ken. Ken. Ken Todd. Like, he is just loyal to the end, isn't it? Like, he is just, no, Lisa Rinna or Lisa Vanderpump would go and probably murder somebody and he'd be like, no, you couldn't do it. She's the best woman ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, Shoot her for a reason. <laughs> he'd be like, she was right to do it. <laughs> it's funny, like, my fella walked into me one time watching uh, Housewives and everybody was on screen having a massive scrap. And then the next time he walked in, uh, I think it must have been like him roaring at Kyle and he said get out of my house you know and Mark walked in he was like every time I come in here those birds are fighting and now there's a fella with a mullet fighting was just like, <laughs> <laughs> not a mullet <laughs> I was like <laughs> oh no, now there's an elfla with a mullet fight I was like stop stop being so judgmental it's about my viewing <laughs> Have you managed to get him to watch any? Oh no! Like I want, like anytime he sits down beside me, I'm like she's my favorite. One. See her there, and she's my favorite. And he's just like, mm-hmm. but every time he comes <laughs> in a wrong moment, and like, yeah, he comes yeah. in a moments when there's scraps about someone being late or just arguments, and it doesn't look like good viewing. But look, little yeah. does he know. Little does he know. It's his loss, Connor. His loss. You've watched an awful lot of Beverly Hills in like seven months. So at some point, and I hate to break this to you, you're gonna either run out or have one episode a week which I know is traumatic to think about is there somewhere else you'd like to go next on your housewife's journey maybe return to your New York viewing habits of many of yesteryear what are you thinking next a few people that follow me on Instagram have suggested Vanderpump Rules actually they're like get mm-hmm. on to Vanderpump Rules I don't know I won't be going I just I don't know I just I, f- I don't know I don't know I'm kind of over Lisa Vanderpump <laughs> now um, yeah. but um, everybody recommends New York to me yourself included but yeah. then but then I've heard Atlanta uh, especially over the last two years especially with Georgia turning um, democratic and stuff that they're probably good episodes to watch I'd probably be interested in that and how yeah. politics is brought into it because I know at the moment they're talking about the election in, in Beverly Hills um, yeah. so that quite that piques my interest a little bit just to kind of get away from the the vacuous situation yeah. of rich people's lives. Uh, New York, though, I, I like I I think it's hilarious that Ramona, who I was introduced to like ten years ago, was still in it, and Luan. I know. So I might I know. go back there and like. So I remember when I did watch New York, Sonia Morgan was trying to uh, 
get a toaster oven on the market <laughs> did it ever happen i don't know maybe no it didn't it didn't i love how you, you really innocently like and did she ever launch that and then like long time viewers in new york are like oh, oh listen we could list all the stuff she didn't launch <laughs> yeah i always just remember looking at her going jesus she's a great life great yeah. life yeah so yeah I, yeah I probably will go back but to be honest with you I think I might just take a little break because you know I've got a relationship to maintain and a career oh, and fair. you know a household <laughs> and a dog yeah and this is how I've navigated <laughs> the pandemic Connor and does it feel like kind of almost a, a bit of a relic of peak lockdown for you then like you can't see yourself hanging on too much when things are quote-unquote normal or will it I feel like it could still be in your periphery a bit I think I've invested so much in these women's lives. Yeah. I'm definitely, and there's the nosy Parker in me is always wanting to know what, always, will always want to know what's going to happen next in their life. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, like when, when I started it, um, you know, God, was it was it, I, I started Googling ahead to see what was going on in people's lives. And I didn't know the Denise Richards stuff, you know. So, yeah, like I didn't even know she was part of it until I started it. So, no, I'll always have an interest in it. Sure, look, it's on my Google Alerts now. Even if I don't want to know, I'll know what's going on with Tom and Erica on my Google no. Alerts. Oh my God, you know? I don't even have Google Alerts. So not Google Alerts. It's not Google Alerts. It's more like, you know, based on your last search. So it's always yes. in and around the same thing. So even if I don't give a shit, it'll come up on that, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, no, somehow I see New York and Atlanta in your future. I really do. <laughs> That's I where I'll go. I, I, <laughs> I, um, I, I take your recommendation on board because I know I trust your recommendations, definitely. I think you would like, because there's only been one season, I think you would like Salt Lake City as well. It's a short first season. They're a bit mad. It's just a whole other world. And there's a second season coming with them being arrested. Like, that's going to be wild. Elizabeth Day on your podcast was on before. Does she love Salt yeah. Lake City? Or is it the Utah ones? Is that, that's them, isn't it? That's them. Yeah, yeah. No, she, loves, she watches all of She made that sound so interesting to me. So yeah, yeah. No, I will. So so a recommendation based on you and Elizabeth Day and yourself, Connor. There you go. <laughs> and you can tweet Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Just read your recommendation. You may know me ago. from my friend Connor. <laughs> <laughs> she'd be like mm, okay anyway <laughs> no she'd be delighted she's like she loves when people talk to her housewife, like whoever it is you've covered a lot of housewives ground but you do have lots of other things on your play at the moment so if people want to check you out online on social media of course on radio where can they find you well 2fm every day between 12 and 3 just come over for lunchtime tunes connor's sometimes there as well giving us mm-hmm. all the entertainment tea uh, and yes. with the news between uh, 12 and 3 uh, basically all day sometimes and then mm. yeah instagram at trace delivered one that's where you'll find me there is no e in my name that's what we're gonna say oh and i should have put that on my tagline <gasps> oh Oh, don't look, mess I'll with me back. because there's no E. <laughs> that sounds like just something else. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to have to think about that again. Listen, I, I had one shot. That was my my first take. I will have a think about my tagline again. But Tracy with no E is, uh, yeah, I need, that probably needs to be my Instagram handle at this stage now. You know, Tracy with no E. Because yeah. my head, like, T-R-A-C-Y is grand. But, like, you've said that to me a few times. Like, there's no E. And I'm like, I don't think of, like, I think of your name see why I never think of the E but it must be a bit of a tricky one I never I never did I never had an issue with it until I worked in 2FM where every single person just you know obviously they they don't know (laughs) look when you think about it Tracy's a real 80s name there's not that you wouldn't call a newborn baby (laughs) there's not that many Tracy's around and the one they knew it's like you know it is like let's call a space and the the maybe people thought it was 
there's two ways to spell it. Some people spell it with an E and some people don't, but you won't yeah. find me if you put the E in it, you know, that's it. See, and that's, we want them to find you. I'm, I'm not of course, coming across as being super anal about that. I know it sounds that <laughs> way, but I'm trying not to be. I'm trying not to be. So we have the radio show 12 to 3 every day and 2FM people can listen online, on radio, all the all that good stuff. But tell me about the podcast. I know there's a handful of episodes out and there's hopefully more coming soon as well. Yeah, we're in the middle of recording right now. Uh, it's called The Love Life Podcast with the relationship coach Annie Lavin. And if you are a person who's single in a relationship, uh, wants to improve your relationship with yourself, uh, your mother, your your friends or the relationship with your partner, I think this is the podcast um, that could help you out. It's definitely helped me out in terms of rowing better or the reasons why you're in a relationship or what to yeah. do in the dating world when you are you know stuck in a pandemic or you know you keep attracting fuck people or whatever so <laughs> i love that you've there. updated that i know it's not fuck boys not it's fuck, fuck people boys, i like that <laughs> yeah it is and and from the messages i've we've gotten from to the podcast it seems like it covers every person um so uh so yeah like if if you're into that sort of stuff of just improving human relationships you might find uh it's a nice podcast to listen to like this one when you're out in your walk exactly so that's the love life and you can get that wherever you get your podcast wherever you get your podcast yeah and there's a new uh, season coming very, very soon. Oh my God, that's exciting. You need to do an explosive Real Housewives style trailer with loads of like audio drops where it's like this season. And then like just little sound bites of you being dramatic and all. But see, that's what happens when you watch Housewives. You actually think that everything in your life is super dramatic. Like Connor, I yeah. told you last week, I'm after buying myself a silk trouser suit that has flares all over it because I'm watching too much Housewives. I think I'm Erica <laughs> Jane. Like it's, it looks Tracy like pajamas and it's not even Gucci. It's pretty little thing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see you rock that at, I uh, in the radio center at and, some point. And you know, it, does, it doesn't hit the same when you don't have the glam squad like Erica Jane or Dorit Kemsley. You know, it doesn't hit the same. But anyway, look, it was a look served on Friday. I was happy with it, you know, so... Uh, I just yeah. want you to like become so housewives obsessed that like one day your father comes home and he, there's all these people around all in masks they're always in masks now on the show with hair products and like there's four ring lights and he's like what's going on and you're like really casual go the glam squad I'm going for dinner in two hours like and you're getting into full drag like just to go for drinks for an hour but you know what it has been beautiful escapism television during this pandemic where we haven't dressed up where like yeah. I don't know about you Connor but like I've just been wearing jeans and a jumper and my Air Max jeans, every single jeans day. is more than I've done I'll tell you that well you know what like you know your tracksuit every single day or your tracksuit yeah. I was like or your pajamas so now that every the world is opening up slowly but surely, like I'm looking forward to getting dressed up and making a big effort. And I actually think watching those birds getting dressed up and coming to dinner and probably, you know, sitting there for an hour and going back to bed. The most boring dinner parties I've ever seen, by the way. You know what I mean? They seem that yeah, they've spent four crack. hours and their shit crack and then they go back home again or go up to their suite. Like it makes me just want to get dressed up and get very, I don't know, just... The ceremony of getting dressed up for a night out is going to become all the more sweeter because we've been locked in for for so long that I am going to take out a leaf out of their books and the and the sort of just being a little bit extra while we can go out for now. Well, listen, if you see two of them, Tracy Clifford, <laughs> turn in a look around Dublin city centre at some point in the next few months, you can blame the Real Housewives for it's, that. It's just pajamas and heels. That's all it is. But it's a look. <laughs> it's a look. Pajamas and heels. <laughs> 
Listen, Tracy, I'm so glad I finally convinced you to watch Housewives and then was able to have Aww. her in the podcast. This has been a blast. Thank you so much for coming Thanks on. so much for having me. Thank you so much. It's been fun. That was Tracy Clifford here on Housewives and Me. You can catch her on 2FM Monday to Friday, 12 to 3. She is banging at the tunes every single day. It is a perfect show to keep you company during the day if you're working at home, if you're on the road, or even if you're maybe now back in the office the way some people have been recently. And of course, Tracy's podcast, The Love Life, is coming back soon. I'm going to give you a link to where you can find that show in the show notes for this episode as well. And to her social media. It's without the E, as you may have. <laughs> There's Tracy with no E, as you may have heard her say there in the, at the end of that conversation. Thanks so much to Tracy for joining me for this week's episode and thank you to you for listening. If you liked what you heard today and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, a rating and a review is a really great way to help the show reach new listeners. So if you fancy doing that, please consider it. Please do. I would really appreciate it. You can follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. Wherever you get your podcasts, new episodes come out every single Tuesday. You can find the show on social media as well at Housewives and Me on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on both those platforms as it's Connor Bean as well. All those links will be in the show notes too. So until next time, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.